Maybe she's older. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a men- mentally ill, maybe, or? Well, they say most. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, former so, housekeeper that whatever. But it's probably it's probably it's probably a thing, you know, and it's. Or maybe I don't even know. Like uh, I, I've known people who have been like extremely depressed, man, depressed type thing, and they just need something to keep them going so that their brain doesn't work. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's like if I just keep staying active. Yeah. I'd, so if you're ever driving between Stevens Creek, on oh, Stevens Creek between Winchester and Santa Monica, look at the sidewalks. There's no garbage. Like in front of JJ's and uh, all that. But she, uh, so I think she stays surplus. in front of the Army Service Place. Okay. But she sweeps all of that. Wow. Those guys at New York, uh, what's that New York? Sure, pizza, yeah. Yeah, the that's the closest place. I've ever found to, to, to actual New York slice. That's pretty Will's good. office, that's though, that's... Is it? Yeah, the only um, employees own that shop. I did not know that. Yeah. I thought the original owner was like was he actually from him. Brooklyn. He gave oh, it. He, he just woke up one day and was like, okay, everyone owns it. If you, if you work here, you own it. Everyone gets to share it. We're done. That's the way to do it. That's, that's the way to do it. That's, been the so thing, and that's, cool. why, that's, why, that's how they justify the pricing. Because the pricing is a little higher. Yeah. I think everyone gets healthcare and all this other stuff too. Wow. Yeah. It, it's it. They. You know. You figure at some point you make enough money, or you're retiring. Or what do you do? Okay. They can't afford to buy it. Oh no. You sell to a dude who's going to run to the ground. Okay. If you work here, you're part of what you get to share the profit. Move on, right? Think, I mean, they had no idea that was coming, right? They were just dedicated, hardworking employees. Yeah, and one day, yeah. And then one like day, you just like boom. Here's a. Here's your reward. I'm done. Do you feel like what age? Because I'm starting to feel so that I'm not. I don't have millions to give away, but yeah. I'm starting to feel like giving back. Cool. What do age like, do, you do you mean the like millionaires start feeling like do they have to give back, back money or giving back? No, time? We're, I think well, time right. is more about. Ba- I think time is a bigger thing. Right, than money. but I'm noticing a lot of millionaires all of a sudden giving back. And what age does that happen? At what dollar figure do you make before that philanthropy chromosome kicks? Where I'm like, you know, well, you're not you're not considered affluent, affluent, like truly affluent until you're worth more than ten mil. Uh, 10 mil. 10 mil. 10 mil is the magic number. Like, mm. if you ask the majority of Americans what makes you rich, 10 mil is the number. Wow. So even if I had 8 mil in the bank, you're, I'm not you're, rich. You're still destitute. By the, the normal standard, <laughs> you're, you're, you're affluent, but you're not rich. If you right. ask people what makes you rich, that it, it's it's not a consensus, but it's cl- pretty close to it. Uh-huh. It's $10 million. And yeah. so, you, you know, if you think about $10 million as a functional number, even in the valley... You know, even in California and some of the more expensive in New York, if you have ten million dollars, there's very little things that are actually going to negatively impact your day to day life. If the market goes down by forty percent, you still have six million dollars if the majority of your money is in the market. Right. You know, if you have a house and the house is a portion of it, you know, even then the housing market goes down ten percent. Okay, your two million dollar house is now only worth one point seven, right? One point six. That doesn't impact you anymore. Hmm. You know, it's it's a really interesting and I think you know, even with like small businesses, you get to a point where the income run up is enough to where, regardless of how stupid you are, you've overcome the stupidity. Mm. You know, it's like a plane when it takes off. You know, sure. once it gets enough lift, yeah, gravity is no longer the force. It's not the factor. Yeah. And I think somewhere around that ten million dollar mark, you start realizing that I have enough money to where I can't fuck up. You can, it's, but you but can't. You but have to yeah. work at it. Yeah. I mean, you right. have to really be. Cha- you know, you have to actively be. You have enough being, swing back and forth. Yeah, but you have right. enough. No matter how volatile the market is, if, you'll survive. If it. you have a half a million dollars in the bank, right, and your lifestyle requires that you make three hundred thousand dollars a year, you only have a year's worth of runway. Yeah. If you have seven million dollars in the bank and your lifestyle is a million dollars a year, you still have seven years of runway. Yeah. A lot of things can happen in seven years. About you know, like it, it's and then you think about it with businesses, like if yeah. you, if you have. Like when we talk to clients, you know, the first thing we say is you need to build your top line. You know, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars and you're making a twenty percent profit, you make twenty grand. Yeah. 
healthy profit number, right. but not really enough to sustain you. If you're making a million and your profit margin is 20 grand, now you're at 200,000. Right. Now you're cooking with gas, right? You have you right. have that space. And so like when we talk with small business owners, like we need to build your top line. How do you push that number from half a million, a million, mm-hmm. to two million, whatever? Sure. Let's get that number up there. Right. And then we focus on efficiency. Because the efficiency is easier. If you've got a, so much cap space, we can we can build you up from there, right? Yeah. And so I think the same thing is true with the philanthropy piece, which is if I'm worth four or five million dollars, I know I'm comfortable. I may not feel quite secure yet, but I'm comfortable. And then it's like, you know, do you give money, do you give time? Right. You know, I think once you get above that ten number, then it's like, okay, I'm set. As long as my kids aren't complete mess ups, right. they're set. Right. You know, it's it's now generational. You know, you get people who are so far out on the outliers, you know, the hundred million, the you know, the, the, the billionaires, right? Yeah. No, that's one percent is not that high. One percent is really not as high as you expect it to be. Really? One percent gross income is four hundred and seventy eight thousand dollars, four hundred and eighty thousand dollars in income, then you're the one percent. It's really? the top point one percent is that the, oh. a one percent owner of assets is like two million dollars. That's it. You wow! Mean, you, you, if you're worth two million dollars or right around there, you're one point six. You are at the top. Of the you're game. in the top one percent. Wow! The top point one is like there. thirty million. <laughs> oh shit! So it's it's an exponential anyway. curve. Just think when we think when we were younger. We get out of university. We have a job, right? What do we make? Fifty grand? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What can you do with fifty grand? Jack shit. Right. Pay your bills. Okay. You make one hundred fifty grand. What can you do now? You can buy a nice car. Yeah. Maybe you can get yourself a watch. Yeah. You, know, you, you have a little bit of right? If you do that for 10 years, you've made $1.5 million. After taxes, you figure you made about seven fifty. Right. If you keep your lifestyle kind of normal, yeah, you, you don't buy a McLaren, you don't you know, don't go crazy, and everyone wants to you know, A friend of mine said, McLaren's the car you should buy. You should buy a Lambo, you should buy a Ferrari. Mm. That's like a statement car, basically. He, he, well, he said McLaren is also the closest thing to what, you know, the, the client. And that's the challenge with people who are living pay to paycheck to paycheck, regardless of their income, is that they don't have enough to save. Of course. And yeah. You need to get that little, you need to get that spun up. And I think that's, you, you power enough money into it, even if you're an idiot. That's true. You know, there's still enough left over. That's true. You know, I mean, you have to really be, you know, you go out and buy a bar, <coughs> you buy a McLaren. You overextend yourself with you know, credit. You, you buy a yeah. $2.6 million house and you make, you know, you're at the, then you can do it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the funny thing in my role is like, you make $100,000, you have very little left at the end of the year. You make $200,000, you have very little left at the end. You make $700,000, which is, you know, happens, you have very little left at the year. And what that tells me is that your lifestyle is just expanding to fill the gap. Isn't that always true, though? It, like, it is, except for people who are thinking smart about, people, like, yeah. I wouldn't say smart. It's either people who have grown up in a position where they didn't have those things, and so they get a taste of it, and it's like sugar, you know? Mm-hmm. If you if, if I like sweets, I go eat a whole pie. Mm-hmm. What happens when I eat the whole pie? Oh, I feel like I ate a little too much pie, right? Yeah. So either you're gonna go back and have more pie, and now you're addicted to the pie lifestyle. Yep. Or you realize that okay, I have a pie. I bought myself a Rolex. I bought myself a nice Mercedes. But what are those things really gonna get me in the long run? Right. And so you know, I, I talked to a good friend of mine who's a complete idiot, and I love him to death. Good friend of mine, complete idiot. He's forty something now. And last year he tells me, I've made a decision. I'm like, what's that? He goes, I'm really going to start working. <laughs> wow. He's been a real estate agent. finally starting. In a small town, okay. 100,000 people. His family's like super connected. 
He makes like eighty grand a year, like which is okay money. Like it's enough yeah. to nothing to sneeze at. He messes around like ninety percent of the time. Like you see him, he's in gym shorts. Yeah, he's not even going to the gym. No, no. right? He's comfortable. So his light turned on. He's like, I'm gonna work. So yeah. I talked to him a couple weeks ago. He's like, I made one hundred twenty thousand dollars last quarter. I'm like, okay, last what do quarter. I do? Oh yeah, I'm like, what do you do? I'm like, you keep doing that. I go and buy things that are going to grow, that are going to generate money. Don't buy anything that depreciates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the accountant's favorite thing. Don't buy yeah. anything that doesn't either yeah. generate your money or go down in value, which is code for don't buy cars. Yeah, right. Right. You know, buy houses. Watches, I'll give you a pass. I like watches. But, you know, you, yeah. you, you do watches because watches typically go up in value. But they can go up in value. Yeah, they yeah. go up in value. That you know, makes sense. Yeah, you buy things that are going to either generate revenue or go up in value. And if it's not, like, lifestyle Would you stuff, say car, cars, I mean, you're basically, you you, you could... You got deeply personal there when you were talking about people that live outside their means, so thanks a lot. Hopefully yeah. you weren't talking about me, but... Well, you know, I, I, drive <laughs> I almost started weeping. I drive, I drive, I drive yeah. a 2007 uh-huh. Subaru Impreza Could you please tell why? Base model. Dude, this was so Base genius. model. Do you want me to tell... Can I tell the story? You, you, you okay. Are, I will correct you if you tell it All wrong, right. though. So about a year or two, and Will is that guy. You know, I'm pretty detailed because of my photographic memory, but... Literally having whiskey, I think we're in LG or Saratoga somewhere. I, I try to stay vague so we can never uh, confirm or identify where we specifically <laughs> were, but we were literally having some of the nicest whiskey. I ended up paying for it because I owed Will, but yeah, I got yeah. a little nervous. Will's Best like, kind of whiskey Give me that. is whiskey you don't pay for. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oh, you have you have such and such from 19 blah, blah, blah. I'll take two of those. And I'm like, fuck, oh, Will. Will, yeah. <laughs> you know. It was one of those. Anyways, yeah. he knows his whiskey, and if we get a good bartender that knows their whiskey, oh, Dude, the mm. conversation is like I have to hit record because it's just one of those amazing like conversations. Yeah. So, I was, and then anyways, we're getting pretty tanked, but we're like, okay, let's start drinking water because we were being and, reasonable, right? And it was one of those nights where like nobody was on the streets, right? Yeah. So the cops in LG and Saratoga, they're extra like this was pre-COVID, so everybody was like extra like, what's he doing? Wait a minute, he looks kind of dark. What's he doing in our neighborhood? I you know. Sketchy. I so, sketchy. we come out of the bar. And the bartender, we made their night, right? They had like two customers. They were going to close early. They meet Will. They're getting their whatever, their 150% tip, right? As we get in the car, I'm like, you know, I have my Audi, you know. He goes, is that what you're driving? He goes, oh, and he kind of does a little assessment. I'm like, yeah, I got this. I get great gas mileage. He's all, ah, all right. And he, even though he had no, he wasn't my financial advisor at the time, but basically he's like, I guess you've earned it. Yeah, you can have it. And I'm like, oh, gee, thanks for your permission. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you have it. Yeah. Oh, what are you driving? Doot, doot. It's a 2007 Super Subaru Mike. Outback. Impreza. Not even Outback. Oh, yeah. it, it, but it's a station I'm, wagon I'm Outback. The, yeah, I'm the lower model. Yeah. The most, what he called the lesbian car, the, yeah. the whatever. You wonder what kind of granola I have. And I'm like, dude, car. I know what you make. I know what you make. Why are you driving that car, Will? Right, because we're... I woke up and now I want one. Well, Will's like my... Older brother, mentor, whatever. Anyways, I know we have one. Yeah. Anyways, we're having these sidebar conversations. Jim's watching. Hold on, uh, hold on. Yeah, let's go back. Let's Jim's go watching back. us uh, drink some nice whiskey, or I'm drinking my famous whiskey, and then you're trying to decide if you want to join us. Anyways, while you do that, he goes to this spiel. Like, I know I can afford a better car. I know I can have a. What, what was that car you were naming earlier? Uh, the, not the Maserati, the McLaren. Yeah, McLaren, two yeah. seats in that car. But regardless, yeah. and I go, what? Why are you driving a 2007? And it looked oh, like seven. crap, dirty. It looked, it, I was dirty. It looked, no, I, I think it, it was nice clean. Car. It it's was clean. clean and it's, no yeah. tinted windows. It's an no tinted yeah. windows. No and he goes, he goes, Mikey, look at me. Yeah. 
And if you look at Will, he's one of those guys, the audience doesn't know, but he's literally, he could be one of 100 different ethnicities. He's like literally what our kids are going to look like in the future after yeah. years and years of... Chocolatey brown. Yeah. Chocolatey brown. He could pass as Arab. He could pass as part Asian, Hawaiian. His name could be Sonny on a surfboard if you think about it, right? Yeah. So anyways, give the audience a little bit of visuals there, but he goes, Mikey, look at me. And I go, yeah. And he goes, do you think... In God's green earth, even if I was, you know, swerving on the road, I would get ever pulled over in a 2007 Subaru. And I went, that's fucking genius. Yeah. And that's what inspired me to get my 1995 Toyota I Camry. Do, I do love the Camry, though. The, the most. Camrys are real. But no, Will saw the It's clean. He sat in it and he was like, this is the cleanest Camry I've yeah. seen for this yeah. year. Yeah. 25 year old car. Yeah. And guess what? How many miles are there? I never get like almost three hundred thousand. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna email Toyota and go, hey, I got a three hundred thousand mile camera. They're gonna go, sorry, call us when you're at a million. You know what I mean? They're yeah. gonna be like, then we'll do a commercial. You know, but like, flipped it already. No. Right? Yeah. Oh, really? Three hundred thousand? So it's just a baby. So, <laughs> but I was inspired by that. And guess what? Knock on wood. How many times have I been pulled over? Zero. Mm. How many times has anyone messed with my car? Zero. How many times have I had like? $5,000 worth of equipment in my trunk and nobody's messed with it. Zero. Black camera. It's genius. It it's genius. not black. It's rose gold. Is it? I don't know. I call rose it rose gold. Sandstone. It's it one of those beigey, crappy... Remember that $1,200 Mako paint job I got? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It makes, <laughs> looks clean. It looks clean right and I wash it. Right now it's covered with ash because of the Bay Area fires. Yeah. But, yeah. but uh, yeah, I drive it. Nobody leaves, you know? And I got my Bluetooth in there. I got my own personal stereo. It's like my kit you know, Industries 2000. So you were the poster child of everything Will was just I'm trying to be. Yeah. Will is the guy, though. It's like you look at it. I drive, I drive the Impreza. The Impreza's worth like $1,000. Yeah. If I'm being generous, right? right. It's got 200,000 miles on it. So what am I going to do? going to buy a new Audi? Yeah. So point A to point Audi. B. I'm, I'm the Audi guy. Am I going to buy an Audi S7 for what? What's the Audi S7 running? I don't know, 150? No, I don't think so. I think RS would run you that. Yeah. Let's say 100. Let's say, let's say 90. Okay. Okay, so, you know, Chris Rock, everyone's favorite comedian, you know, he had that thing on MTV one time and he was driving his Nissan Maxima. Mm -hmm. And he go, why do people, why do people ask me if I should be driving something better? He's like, I could afford the, the, the Bentley. Because Bentley's are $270,000. <laughs> I could spend 30000 on this thing and have $220,000 left in my bank account. Like, That's the money right there. Yeah. Because at the, the end of the day, it's how, how, do you, how do you leverage your assets? Yeah. Because you know, very few people have unlimited assets. Right. And so even if you're talking fifty, twenty, thirty thousand dollars 30000 know, <laughs> But if you were doing a good job planning and prepping, you would have that money already set aside yeah. for your liabilities for the month, right? But, and I think what the problem is, is that people hear that statement and they think that that means you can't have any fun, you can't go on vacation. That's not, right. that's not right. the thing. The thing is that you know, a vacation's a break. Right. You know, going out and buying a 1982 Brooklady yeah. is a break, right? But that break a... is never going to lose value until I drink it. Right. Right. You know, and the vacation is going to keep your domestic life happy, which is worth its weight in gold usually. Absolutely. Yep. Right. Yep. But it's not an asset that's going to cost me. I mean, even if I went on a nice vacation with the whole family, you're looking at what eight grand if you really if you really went for it, like. Depends it seems to me, I, yeah, Mexico I try to... Mexico or Hawaii, yeah. right? There's a big Every yeah, vacation but, for me has yeah, been always around five saying. grand. Yeah. So you can go even Disneyland's a good five grand if you, if you think five, about okay. it. You can get out of Disneyland for five. But, yeah, exactly. Five but, yeah, okay, so let's just say it's... Let's say, let's just say it's five for typical. Okay, right. Okay, so five. So you could go to 
20 of those vacations were by one Audi. Right. Wow. Right? When you put it in that perspective, absolutely. Right. So, think about how happy things, your family right? would be if you took them on 20, like, decently good right. vacations. Yeah. Or you could have an Audi that's, and that's in, in, in that same period right. of time is going to be worth basically right. nothing. The memory of that is far more valuable and it'll last you a hell of a lot longer than the Audi. And the reality is too. That's it. it. I'm selling the Audi. Even, Let's go. Even even if you even if you use that money every year, that eighty grand that you didn't spend that you either finance and have to pay interest on or whatever, now you have that cash. Right. And so when when someone says, "Hey, I've got an opportunity to open a donut shop," it's going to cost me sixty grand to open the donut shop. Do you have twenty grand? You've positioned yourself to. Yeah, I can give you twenty grand. What is that going to make you? Uh, what thousand dollars a year? Okay. Right. Donut shops are pretty much recession proof. Yeah. I mean, I, everybody I, loves donuts. I have certain things that I have like this desire to eventually possess, and a donut shop, oddly <coughs> enough, really it's weird that you said that. Yeah. I'm just like, there's got to be like, I know how to do math. They charge me like a dollar seventy for a donut now, mm-hmm. like two dollars almost at Starbucks. Right. That costs like twenty eight thirty cents to make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mind you, it's a volume game, uh-huh. but you know, you look at that. Like, if you, you did that every year, instead of buying your Audi, mm-hmm. five years you have five donut shops. Yep. Yeah. And I think why will, I think I. Will keeps me around because I intrigue him. Because I'll take that same donut and say, okay, you say 30 cents to make. I say 43 if you include labor, electricity, rent. Overhead. So every donut, I, I factor in the complete. And Will looks at me like, this motherfucker. But that's you good. know what I mean? So, okay. so at 45 cents for a donut, yeah. I'm charging you a dollar fifty. I'm making a dollar. I'm making 200% profit off of each donut. I didn't How is that not a good idea? Right. You just gotta sell more donuts. And then that's the key to everything. That's when the marketing right. is. And you're pretty good at the marketing aspect and, and helping businesses. But that's when he'll call me and say, Mikey, I got this yeah. restaurant. I'm not a blah, functional blah, blah, blah. person. I don't understand the functional aspect of, right. of half the things you do. Right. I understand how the how the money should shake. Right. Right. And the problem is, is that people. I think this is a generality, but I think people. It's like baseball nowadays. No one hits for singles anymore. No one bunts. Yeah. Let's go yard or strike out. Mm. Okay. Small ball. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to buy a donut shop with Mike, and we're going to make 200% profit off of each donut. End of the year, the donut shop's going to make 20 grand. 10 for you, 10 for me. And we won't even have to run it. We don't have to run it. Yeah, we don't have to step it. foot into it. Yeah. Okay, Appreciate so it. you've got 20, and then the next year you buy another one. And the next year you buy another one. Yeah. And so you're small balling, right? You're, you're just moving the, you're advancing the <laughs> yeah. runner. And then in 10 years from now, you own 10 donut shops, and you're making 100 grand a year. To eating, do nothing. And you can have one of your donut shops deliver you donuts anymore, and then you can be like the 600-pound person and never leave your donut. Right. Right? Right. But I think it's, we all want that, we want the 10x, you know, we, the Valley especially. You know, I'm going to get it with a startup, and they're going to go public, and I'm going to be worth $5 million. Mm-hmm. It's the big swing. <clears throat> There's nothing fun about, I'm going to grind it out. Like, I'm going to open up this office, and then I'm going to yeah. do this, and I'm going to do that. And yeah. this is going to be five grand a year. That's going to give me 10. Yeah. This is going to give me, you know, seven. Yeah. But when you start aggregating those together, you're looking like, okay, I've now positioned myself to where I do absolutely nothing except for talk to people on podcasts and drink. Yeah. So what about the past, let's say, five to ten years? Yeah. Speaking of, everybody's got a podcast. Everybody's an entrepreneur. Shark yeah. Tank, Another right? Everybody's doing that. And you and I specialize in small businesses and helping people grow. 
Where do they, where are people getting it wrong? Like you know, because we I've heard you in several consultations and and their stubbornness, right? And and we're all about supporting pride. the American dream. But what is, what do you see right? where where do businesses derail themselves? It's pride. You know, it's my job fun- at a very functional level is to think about everything that could go wrong and either have a plan for it or have a the comfortableness with that that if this happens you're screwed are you willing to take this risk right if you are go for it mm-hmm. and you have been masterful about you can do that and yeah, i will yeah. support you but just so you know there's a cliff at 100 yards yeah, you can so run you, up. If you think you can stop within yeah. 10 yards, go for it. Yeah. Like run full speed. Right. But, you know, I think it's when we have success, right. the chest gets full. Mm. You know, if I did, if you and I started a, a brewery and everyone loved our face and, and our beer, yeah. I assume that every beer that I'm going to make from that point on is going to be great. And you need that mentality to sure. be a small business owner. But you also need someone who's like not a naysayer, because you know, unfortunately, as accountants, right. we get called naysayers. Not, right, because you're being, preventing people from spending money. Even me, you're like, no, nope, yeah. can't afford it. We're the we're the we're the CEOs of saying no, right? Right. But it's it's, it's <laughs> the CEOs of saying that's no. That's what we do. Like the half of our job is to tell right. you no, you can't do right. that. Right. It's not and, the most beloved position. And it's not really that we're telling you no. It's you need to evaluate that if there's a golden goose, you don't want to kill it. Right. That's that's thing one. If you have a business, if you have a location that prints money, right, you want to protect that. And how do you negatively impact that? You you overextend that position trying to expand right. too quickly. You overextend because right. you didn't consider that if there's a flood, if there's a fire, if there's an emergency that you could be out of it. I mean, no one can predict a coronavirus. Right. I mean, pandemics are kind of excluded from the yeah. normal the right. normal discourse, but. Although we'll, on another podcast, we'll talk about the fact that we may have inadvertently wished it into existence because we were like, damn it, we're getting dinged by the county on this and fined on that. If only something would happen around March where we wouldn't have to deal with all this in the tax implications and guess what happened. Anyways, that's a whole different. So I think it's just, you have to, you have to have someone who's going to temper your decisions. And it's not that they need to be taking you down or telling you not to do it. It's you know, I, I tell clients, you know, we're in my office. When you open the door, Mike Tyson's swinging at whoever walks through the door first. Like, and so that works to a certain degree. Some of the kids don't know who Mike Tyson really is. Right. They think he's the guy from like. The They'll hand. know yeah. after the Roy. Is yeah. it Roy Jones? Oh, that's coming gonna up? be crazy. That's when is it now? November wait, soon. Oh. Do a big Tyson's party scary. We should watch it here or wherever. The videos? Yes, it's oh, terrible. <laughs> Well, I think he looks better now than he did when he was younger. Terrifying, dude! One right? of Tyson's punches. Twenty-year-old man punches. Are you kidding me? Forty-year-old. It's like being punches. hit with a refrigerator at fifty miles terrifying. an hour. Anyway, anyway. So yeah. if Mike Tyson's gonna punch you, and you know he's gonna punch you, you do one of two things: you either say Mike go first, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. right, or you put your hands up. Yep. Yeah. So you're either gonna have someone else take the blow, or you're gonna take the blow. Right. But you're gonna be prepared. Right. But I think what a lot of times small business owners do is they open the door and here goes Mike Tyson. Right. And by the time you see Mike Tyson coming at you, it's too late. Yeah. Your head is so rolling somewhere So when they come through that door, the, uh, using your analogy, do you feel like most business owners are kind of like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. People love my stuff. I have the best beer in the no, world. No, they don't even listen to it. They don't even know Mike Tyson's there, despite the fact that everyone's been saying right. Mike Tyson's Mike there. Mike Tyson's there. Like, be careful. Mike Tyson isn't there. It's Mike Tyson. Yeah. yeah. And then they open the door, and the it's only Mike thing Tyson. that pops in their head before they get knocked out is, oh, crap, that's Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like... Then they wake up days later, their business is bankrupt. What do you think prevents them from seeing, and even with somebody letting them know, just, look, there's 50 yards. What, you you know, said pride, but 
There's something else. I think it's ego. I think it's pride, and I also think that you know, you get to the the group of people who advise businesses. Right. So who are the people who advise businesses? You get your attorneys, you got your accountants, you got your business coaches, your business consultants. Mm. What's their motivation? For those people, yeah, that's your business, so they can make no, more money. Their, yeah. their motivation is to get as much money as possible a lot of times, as quickly as possible. Oh, okay. Because a lot of them don't think long. I mean, if if you're comfortable and you think that you do a really good job, you know, it, when we have a sit with new clients, we say, in an ideal world, you're not going to need us in three years because you're going to be too big for us. You're going to outgrow gotcha. us. Yeah. And if I tell someone this three years, and they're like, ha, 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 you know, it's like, so you're going to charge me a ton of money now? I'm like, no, I'm going to charge you a reasonable amount to not impair your business to grow your business so that you remember me so I get three and a half years. Yep. Mm-hmm. That when yeah. you're doing You've something new. You've always thought long game. And that's the one thing I've always admired because I can't. I always think like now. So, like Mike invited me on this thing. And so I'm a preparer. I'm a contingency plan person. Yeah. I had no idea what we were talking about because he wouldn't tell me what we were going to talk about. So you crammed it. So it's got to no, be organic. I, I think about everything that could possibly come up in a conversation mm-hmm. just so I could sit here and sound like I know what I'm talking about. And this is and why your guys' brains not, are very not, similar. I was going to say, dude, you're like, it's like you're in my head, bro. Because but this <laughs> is literally why I wanted you two to meet. But like the like, reason, same reason why you wanted to meet Chris the Sailor. Right. I wanted you to meet Will because every time you spoke, I went, dude, you got to meet Will. That's you got to meet that. Will. He so my thing is like, if you tell me tomorrow the sun is not going to rise, mm. I will now have 38 plans on how to pack myself if the sun doesn't rise, and also have 15 or 20 plans just in case it does, and how I can yeah I know benefit from that. Yep. And so, you know, it's just, I think about everything. And I, just I always liken it to a chessboard. So I'm looking at multiple things, right? And, and multiple steps down the road while we're playing this game. I'm, I've already yeah. moved every piece on that board 15 as many times, times and know every possible right. combination, right? You know, so. I, I, get, I get accused of things like being a psychopath sometimes. Mm. Mainly because, like, <laughs> I run. All? I've been running a lot lately okay. during the coronavirus. Yep. So I'll go on like six, seven mile runs. Wow. I don't listen to music on my runs. And that's why people think I'm a psychopath because they're like, you don't, I don't, I don't have headset in. I just run and I think about things. That's your therapy. That's your like your, is, for me, your meditation. Like, you know, I know where my business needs to be. Mm-hmm. I have typically at any point in time, in addition to the main core business that we run, I have eight or nine projects that I'm cooking. Yeah, they're in, and so I put an ad on Indeed. Okay. To get a tax assistant slash receptionist person. Sure. And I got a, a, a response from a gal who is from Brazil. She's been in the country for like three or four years, has an MBA. And I'm like, okay, so I interview her on the phone. And I'm talking to her and I'm like, okay, she's not gonna work for the, the position that we want. Yeah. Stupid position for her. And so I told her, I'm like, here's what we're gonna do. I like you, I think you're gonna be really good. I have a good feeling. I need to have someone else in the office involved so that they can make sure that I'm not crazy. And then we hired her and then I gave her Five dollars above what we were going to originally pay that position. Wow! And now she runs the office. She's the office manager. She no, the, she, she she is the head person in that office. Wow! Now. Wow! And she thinks I'm crazy. Why? Because I'm like, because it's like fifty dollars an hour to do. No, it's not even though it's not that. It's that I basically tell her whatever you want to do, you can do. Sure. I'm going to empower you to do everything. If That's you don't, awesome. if you don't want me to be here, well, tell she's me got an leave. MBA. Let her be the creative she's thinker. She's speaking that, English for three years. Right. My she point is, English is like, like your English is better than yeah. anyone I know. Do you set parameters when you when you hire someone like that and say, "This is all I want. I want to be profitable. Here's your office. You make it whatever this you want. I'll be back time in." I've opened a new office, but right. it's like I look at it. I'm like, I, and I tell her, "I'm like, I have more faith in you. I feel like sometimes than you do." She's like, "You do." I'm like, because I have faith that I make good decisions, 
and I know that you can do it. And you've left her alone for how long? She's been there for a year. So how I mean, often do you go to that office? Moving. I go there once every Is it clean? Week. Is it everything you anticipated? She's up business. She's retained more than we expected on this right. book we bought. See, that's uh, amazing. Out, like bringing the people in. There's you people do who don't want to talk to me anymore. Yeah. I'm like, my feelings are because, hurt. Yeah, because they, they would rather talk to her. I have a boss's tone. I have like a good client up there who I've so been working with for a couple you, years. And that's and amazing, like, by the like, way. We don't need you anymore. I'm like, because I can tell you in our line of work. My feelings are so hurt. But I'm like, like, we can go have a drink occasionally, yeah. but I don't really need you other yeah. than just like some strategy stuff here and there. I'm like, <sighs> okay. So you made the right decision, but, but you realize your complete antithesis of what the particular culture is right now. Oh, yeah, the current culture is micromanage. Check in on you. Text me no, this. I hire Call adults. me that. I Email adults. me this. You have to have people who, you have to give people enough rope that both hang themselves and to get the lead where they need. But you to. gave her like, I gave rope. A like, no. like I gave Home Depot. We went to worth the supplies. We, we bought the whole spin. Exactly. Right? I feel like I have nothing to add to this conversation because it's like you're saying the shit I normally say. This is great, dude. It's awesome. <laughs> this is why I wanted the two worlds to be so quiet. I'm like, so that's now, what I would like, say. You know, that's now it's been say. a year later, and you know, we, we do a lot of taxes, and now we're like, we're prepping for next year. She's like, we need more space, and we can't be on the second floor. I'm like, okay. So we went for a walk around the area where, where the office is at, and I'm like, there's a spot that I really wanted, and it's been occupied. And there's a rental side on the on the oh, door nice. when we walk by because all the COVID stuff. I'm like, I was almost at the point where I was going to call the owner of that business to like kind of like not be a vulture, but kind of like start circling. You know, I'm an accountant. I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. And so I'm like, <laughs> we called. We got this. So now she's she's like, I'm like, see, this is perfect. I go, and then you're going to hire someone during the season who's going to be your assistant, and we'll be good to go. And she goes, are you going to be a part of that? I'm like, no, I'm not going to be part of that. Your assistant, not mine. <clears throat> I don't want to be blamed if I if I pick the wrong person. Kind of what you said, though. Right. And I've known Will for a while. He's excellent at empowering in his own business. But all the businesses that Will and I have you know, kind of co-authored and worked on together, like he'll call me, Mike's that operations guy. How do you stay in your lane so well? Because I have no desire to be anywhere else. Right. But how do you do that? Because people like me that have to be like... And it's not a control. In the past, I, I couldn't say it was a control no, thing. It, it's, it, but it, how do you do... It, Will is a, the master of staying in his own lane. I, I've seen I can tell. Yeah. There, there's how? people who... And we all know people like this, who are the managers who want to take all the credit for people who are yep. underneath them. Right. Whereas if you're... You know, my dad's 96. That's another interesting story, Old as dirt, right? Damn. Yeah. 1924, two years after the toothbrush was invented. Dude, my grandpa was 1960. I have a brother who's 71. Shut up. I have a wow. nephew who's in his 50s. I have, my dad has great, great, great grandkids. Something like crazy like that, wow. right? And he's nothing but trouble. He makes me look like I have no personality, which is even better. Because oh, I, I tell people that, and yeah. they're like, no way. I'm like, if you met my dad, you would not know what hit you. Like, you'd be like, you really are quite boring. I'm like, I am. <laughs> yeah. And he just squawks the whole time. Yeah. He's old school. Yeah. But, you know, that's the generation where... Your proof of leadership, your proof of being a good businessman was that you could get people to do all your work. And you knew that their accomplishments were on a certain level. You you didn't need to puff your chest out and say, look, that's my accomplishment. Like, no, that's your accomplishment. And I'm part of that because I'm overseeing this. Yep. And there's a difference between, you know, wanting to be out front or just being like, you know, it's the Wizard of Oz. I'd rather be the Wizard of Oz to a certain extent. I want to be behind the curtain. No one needs to know who I am. Yeah. I want the company to be successful. I want companies I work with to be successful. I don't need to be the person who's like, oh, it was you Will, never have been. Will did this for me. And I'm I think like, that's what yeah. attracts me like, to him is he's never been the ego guy. He's he never been the credit guy. Yes, please. You know, and, and I don't see the benefit of that, right? It's it's to help guide people when you know and then and those people know that you're never trying to take their spotlight. 
And so they're going to take care of you on the back end. Yep. Right? As their star rises, you're going to be quietly right behind them. Mm-hmm. But if you have five people who you're doing that with, they're all pulling you up, but you're actually... And everybody's being elevated. You're, and, you're, and not only that, you're really doing a lot of stuff at that point. At and that's what of, I'm trying to find right now is that magic formula where whatever business it is, I happen to have a passion for restaurants. Retail is a little bit dying, but I have a passion for restaurants because I think it's the closest thing to serving the human beings in your community and creating that neighborhood environment, that, that camaraderie we always I always talk about. That would be my goal, is to, to, to get the five best people I know, the smartest minds, the, the people that are passionate, just grow that business and just have the profitability of whatever that is we're serving, whether it's beer, good food, be the byproduct of what we're trying to create, which is the coolest place to work on earth. And what are our values? I don't know, there's a lot of different things that, even me five years ago, when Will knew me, would you say I'm less rigid? I've grown a lot more, I don't know, human to human. I oh, know, he's laughing. Great. Rigidity is a relative <laughs> thing. Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, I have certain things where I'm like, I'm... I tell everyone I work with that I have certain idiosyncrasies that I will not change. And it drives certain people crazy, some of those idiosyncrasies, but I'm not going to change them. I will work around them. I will apologize in advance that I'm about to do something that irritates you. I mean, our firm has acquired six firms in the last seven years, uh, right? And my number two, and I had a heart-to-heart with her sitting down and telling me, you can't just keep doing this. You have to, like, include other people. Like, I don't have to include other people. I go, I will now warn you when I start thinking about doing these things. You're not going to stop me. But at least, thanks for talking to me, and I'll give you a heads up. But I'm going to give you a heads up, and you can try to talk me out of it. Yeah. And I will listen to you, and I will not be bullheaded about it, but I will talk to you, and we'll figure it out. And if it's a horrible acquisition, which we've done a couple of those, I will admit that this was not a good acquisition. And if it's a great one, I will say this is a great one. And if, at the end of the day, I don't throw my staff under the bus ever. Yeah. Like, I don't care if they, it, if it deserving of being, uh, nope, we'll do it. That's not their role. I will you know, say this about Will's employees, and he's got a good amount. Every time I walk in the office, and this is where, you know, this could be a whole other podcast. Will's always made me feel special. Because I one minute he's dealing with half the 49ers half like famous people and then he's like oh Mike's here and he'll literally take my call he'll drop everything and then people in the office hi Mike do you want something to drink you know and I'm like wow so regardless of me making my whatever let's say 250 a year versus 2.5 million a year I made like five dollars yeah and Will's like hey Mike's here you want a donut you know it's literally like it's not even a and, and yeah anyways but that's what, I think that's what you need to do. Three. So as, as you're like explaining like your, your strategies and like thoughts, like I'm, I'm reminded of one of my favorite books, which is Man of Babylon. Like a lot of those basic principles. Where did, did you, you read that book? All this, like you said, you, you yeah. went to Davis, right? So <laughs> Why you not? Uh, yeah, like it was like boring to you or something. Yeah. No, because it's so archaic, right? Yeah, no, it's like, so, no, it's not. So, What's your take on that book? I'm curious because you you, you smirked. I, I've read an inordinate amount of things. Over my time, and I'm so I don't know if you even know this. So my educational background, my first degree is a UC Davis, right? UC Davis. Okay. I have a degree in English. Okay. I have a minor in molecular cellular biology. Outstanding. I have an undergrad from Colorado State in you, accounting. What? And a master's in accounting. He's like right? the black version of you. So, like when people talk about books, I'm like, yeah, I read that. <laughs> and people pause, like, no, you didn't. You're full yeah. of shit. But my thing is, no, like, I I, I've you. read so much that yeah. it's like. I can't it's say not that a, any one thing is like, like emblazoned in my mind anymore because sure. I've just I've it's read. It's become a 
mesh of everything, right? I remember certain books that I've read that people were like, he graduated Davis and then woke up and decided he was going to join the Marine Corps. Comp lit. Okay. So he's like, he's not even as cool as an English major. Like, he's comp lit. Yeah, like, yeah. That's like a step below. Like, hopefully he never listens to this. Him military intelligence. By the way, we only have 1,700 yeah. listeners, so don't worry. He's, it's, it's impossible. You, you never know. He is military intelligence. But we're really good about... Yeah. Yeah, he's he, he's alone, though. If you really like, wanted to know, he'll know. Yeah. He'll be like, bitch, this is like... This is kindergarten but stuff. But I remember he, he told me, like, the, the first book that I remember, like, actually, like, living up to the hype was, you know... Atlas Shrugged and Rand. Oh my god. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. read you're, that book. You're, and if you're you and my lawyer, liber- Billy. If you're not a libertarian at the end of that, you're evil. I'm like, what? I'm like, what do you mean? We're like, going to have Billy on this. So Billy's one of my nearest, dearest friends and a okay. lawyer, too. So, Like, I sat down and, like, on like a Thursday night and started reading it, and it's like 700 pages. And I'm like, dude, yeah. if the you main read character Atlas hadn't shown up and 700 pages in. I'm like, what the hell? I get, more, I get more impressed wow. with people reading Atlas Shrugged than Moby Dick. Is that Moby Dick? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know what the worst book is? Like in the I, world? War no, and Peace. No, I love oh. War and Peace. Do you really? I really did enjoy oh, War and Peace. Dude. You know what the worst book of the great books is? Mm-hmm. Ulysses. James Joyce Ulysses. This book, uh-huh. which is basically like vomit of your mind. Oh, man. I tried one of those back in college. It didn't turn reading, out very good. I read books like overnight and like over weekends. Yeah. I've been reading this book for three years, and I'm so stubborn that I refuse to stop reading it. But it's horrible. It's a horrible book, and, I, and, and people will probably be very upset because it's like one of the that's one of the greats, right? And, yeah. and when things fall apart, yeah. didn't like that book either. What about like the, the Book of Five Rings? Like, have you read Morimoto's like strategy? Right? Like, have you read that book? The only that. reason I'm asking is because it's and I'm just starting to read Veda right now. Actually, I have to like read that and, and put it on my list. I'm understanding that that's a, a dense read. Yeah, but um, but dense reads are fun. It but you get like I've always wondered so much yeah. about the Vedas, and I want to I want to learn about that ancient text. Anyway, yeah. So. I'm very curious because I think you hit the nail on the head. Where does, without naming the names of the businesses that you and I have particularly worked for, worked with, there are a few that just, they were very involved in ego and inner workings. And it's it's the same old song where business partners that started off with a great idea got, you know, noticed and recognized. First six months were, they were on fire, but then like clockwork within five years, especially restaurant business. It's not even a restaurant. You know, the problem with partners, you know, my dad, again, the old guy from the South, mm-hmm. you get more than two people in a room, you get one person who doesn't get along. Right. Uh-huh. Right. So anytime you have partners, the, I think the biggest key is to really have an exit plan. How do you break up? You know, it's... Interesting. I think that before you... You mean to talk about that as part of the business plan? It's not the exit plan. Before even the business plan even is fully formatted. Like, wow. my you imagine? Wife, no, Here's no. our business idea. Okay, what's your exit plan? You're going to have your own no, show. And and I'll, I'll give you the perfect example. So my <laughs> wife, who I love dearly, Smartest person to know, makes horrible decisions like Mike's wife married me, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. I told her for years and years, you should stop working for other people and do it for yourself. You're going to make more money, you're going to have more flexibility, great. Right. She wouldn't do it. She finally met a colleague. His wife's really hot, by the way. She Just the looking. subtext. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, nice. still I don't know how he, yeah. like, literally it, one of those. It's a bad decision making on her It's the, yeah. the money decision. and the financial stability. Yeah, I didn't but anyway. have that when she met Oh, that's true. She grew oh, with you, so she's no, legit. Bad decision making. She's that's a real one. It's all it is. <laughs> and so she had this friend at work that she was working at. She was working at a skilled nursing facility, and she like the friend talked her into let's start a business together. So I was like, "That's great. I've been telling you to do that for years. You guys need to come into the office." So they came into the office and like, "How do we break this thing up? What happens if she dies? What happens if my wife divorces me and comes to her senses?" 
because now I'm half owner or a quarter owner of this business. Right. How do you get me out? Right. What happens if I don't like your face? Right. You know, there's all these things that you, if you're talking about on the front end, yeah, it's kind of a buzzkill. It's like a prenup. It's a little buzzkill. It is. But yeah. seven months later, they broke up. And now assets have been gained and different things have gone on. Contracts. The they had contracts set up. They right. had income. They were so smart. That's you know what happened? Here's what you do. If, if my wife signed the contract, it's hers. If you sign the contract, it's yours. Unwind, shut the thing down, we're done. You had that conversation? Yeah. My wife comes in for On tax your honeymoon? Meetings. No, this is their, this is their, their honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. So my wife comes in for tax meetings. Right. She gets on the calendar. She sits in the lobby. She gets coffee from the receptionist. Yeah. The receptionist gets confused because they think it's date night. I'm like, no, it's tax night. My wife comes <laughs> into the office, sits in the chair like any other client and goes, are you sure that's right? I feel like it's a little high. Are you sure? I don't know about that. I feel like you should do a little bit more. I don't know. Like, And she questioned everything and we discovered like that's the best way of doing it. Because I can act like the professional. That she works. can act like a client. It sounds it's nerdy not, to some people, it's but that's a great thing. That's love. Take that really, really is love. Home, versus doing and it, over it was bed. either like, just yeah. sign this, yeah. we're done. But because he does it that or, way, I think she respects genius. you more. No, she and that's love. No, no. no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. I'm going to make sure she listens to this part. She's going to listen and go, no. She's shaking her head going, no, no, babe, that's not how it works. It eliminated a stressor because I hated talking about work outside of work. If I'm at home, I don't talk about work. So like I don't talk about anything. Not as deep, I'm, but yeah. I do the same thing. You know, you know, you've seen you've seen Mikey in yeah. work mode. Yeah. I know. But she'll text me or call me and I, are you ignoring me? Yeah, what's up? Yeah. I'm just no. wondering. Just see how you're doing. If I'm at work I, I don't have the time. Knowing the way my brain works, after I hang up I'm like, why did she call? Then it takes at least eighteen minutes for me to just get back into Well no, I can flip it back on like that. Yeah. But it's like if it's an emergency she calls the office. Right. If she wants to know where I'm at, she calls the office. But she doesn't talk to me. Because yeah. she knows I won't answer. Yeah. Because I'm but, working. Dude, Because if that I'm with you, you're the only person in my world. Yeah. Will is you're living present. the dream. As far I'm as I'm concerned, present. he's living the dream. Like, he's the world a... could be burning around around me. I'd be like, so, how do you think the next quarter is going to look like? Hmm. Exactly. You know? And and I think you, you, I think that's one of the things that makes the, the firm in general good is that all the other preferred, all the other senior people in the office do the same thing. It's like, hmm. you're the only person here. I don't care if the phone's ringing. I don't care if there's emails happening. You are my entire world for the next 45 minutes. That's awesome. And when those 45 minutes are up, Mike is now my entire yeah. world. Right? Is that he a is masterful. Thing, or is that something no, you that's developed? him. That's how he's that's It's just been who you are. drives everyone crazy. Like, no, it drives everyone But this is why I admire him. Like, pay attention to every detail. You remember every, what okay. somebody wore that they missed their button on the creepy, third date. I have a creepy memory, too. Detail. Dude. Details. I remember something. I told the time yesterday. Do you want to hear the best part? No, this is why I wanted you to to me. Listen to me. What I've always respected about Will, this is why I said, James, we cannot be late to Will. This is a guy's time that I respect more than anyone in my life. Even more than Billy, my love. I'm late an hour to my fucking lawyer's meeting. I'm like, dude, yeah, you'll get over it. Mikey, I, I gave out $800 an hour clients to be with you and you fucking were late. Dude, you'll get over it. And he does. Like, he's mad at me for like... He's one. Of the, he's like Will. He's like whatever. I was mad at you for two point one seconds, yeah. and then after that, I'm like, fuck it. I lost eight hundred bucks. What's up, Mikey? So it's a time. The one thing I will appreciate about him. At first, I was like, dude, you're really rigid about your time regiments. But the one thing I admire, and I'm trying to get to, Will is always fully present in each moment. Mm. This is the time I have with Mikey. He's doing our podcast. He's telling me all this great stuff. 
you're, I know your mind's a little blown right now. Did I? A little bit. Did, yeah. 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 So, to me, I'm like, this is why today was so important. And when you were giddy and excited about it, I'm like, dude, relax. What, dude, I'm gonna tell you. He's like, okay, so here's my list of questions. I'm gonna ask. I'm like, dude, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, and I get it because he's probably thinking, okay, well, you don't have perception. No, no, here's the thing. It's the same thing you described earlier. I don't know you, and I, and I don't know anything really about yeah, you other than good. the praise. And this is why I also right? love Man James. Of mystery. Right? So, Man of mystery, James. Same situation. Okay, how many things does this guy know about? And how I have to cram it all right now, so yeah. I'm going to... Quickest keywords? Will, will do, okay, will, you're going to do another one eventually, you know I mean? right? Please, I thank you. Really uh, yeah. I think that's the cool thing. I he will come back. We should have, like... At least once like a, every, like, I don't want to say once a month. Once a I say once a month in hopes he would do it, but... Will's one of those guys I have to catch him in that little narrow window. I feel like... And if I miss that little narrow window, it's gone. I feel like he's a so, project guy. And if we asked him to be our producer, he probably would be yeah. into it. But he would, he would do it... The, okay, here's how but we maybe get... that wouldn't work. Here's how Will becomes our producer. Will would never physically do it. He would hire someone. Will... We, I would price that Big Willie yeah. Styles would say... <laughs> Ship it off to Will, Will, Big Will, Here's Big Willie Styles. <laughs> Mikey, I will do your stupid podcast. But you have to promise me in one and a half... In 18 months... Right? We're still on track. Well, COVID threw things off. He says, in 18 months, you're going to open that Korean barbecue restaurant, and you're going to, you're going to make $1.8 million your first year. Your second year, you're going to make 3.8 million. But your third year, you're going to, that's when you're going to hit that 10 million mark. And I'm going to go, Will, why are you helping me? Right? Why are you doing this amazing stuff helping me be a millionaire? His exact words are going to be, Honestly, Mike, I don't want to wait on a Saturday night. When my wife wants to eat, she wants to eat. I've done that before. I, I, I just want a place to like, eat. You give, like, me a you, give, like, you give me a guaranteed reservation on a Saturday night when you have an hour and a half wait on your grand opening? That's all I want. So, And I'm like, nice. done, but what else? I did that. And he's like, I did that that's it. I that's up, all I want. I was like, I know there's no tables, but you think you can squeeze me in? He's like, yeah. And then Will's, the guy, like, Will's the guy, for, A, he'll answer my phone calls, which yeah. is huge to me because of how much respect. But Will's the guy that when he, everybody knows, Mikey, I know you're on a four-hour wait, but can you get me and my wife in? Will's the one guy I go, I got you. Yeah. So when Sorry, I'm, Mr. President. Uh, uh, Will and his wife are hungry yeah, with his yeah, little kid. Yeah. It's uh, a not a problem. Not a problem. For me, Here's what we're going to do. I sat when I was dating my wife. Yeah. Because one of the first places we went, I, we were in Davis. We met each other in Davis. And I was in like, college. When she you were both striving for Oh, flunky. No, no, she's she's three years university in and out. Like, I'm a play. No yeah. joke. Oh, that's right. So she thought I was older because I worked at a bank and I wore a suit and tie. Mm. But I wasn't. Nice. And so I was like, we went out for a date and we went to this place in Davis. Yeah. And we sat down and I wasn't thinking, but I was like, the food's good here. Not thinking that, oh yeah, the general manager brings all the deposits in and when I was the head teller at the bank before I got moved over I was always the guy who chatted with and he always says hi to me I sat down in the restaurant he brought over a bottle of wine like gave us some free appetizers nice. I'm like wow so then she thought I like was in the note and then the second date we ever went I was in my hometown and we went to like the little Italian place that I went to when I was little and like had always gone to but I went to school with all the sons so I walk in there's a huge crowd in the waiting room like a bunch of older people waiting to eat you yeah. know on a Friday night, or yeah, I walk in and I see Pete, who's the son of the owner. He's like, "Well, what are you trying to do?" I'm like, "Trying to have dinner with this girl, second date." He's like, "Dude, you know it's like a 45 minute wait." I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Don't worry, give me like three minutes." 
comes back out and he's like, don't say anything, just come with me. <laughs> okay, so now I've got two restaurants and so I have to maintain that expectation that I actually know people occasionally. Yeah. Isn't that a crazy feeling though? When you when you walk in and that situation happens, right? Where you, know, you it, feel like everybody it, in the dining room saw you and you know everybody waiting saw you and they go, who was that? Well, it, like, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's that and you know, I think it's indicative of how you treat people in general. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's well, like, you know, I've always, I always have tried to, even people who don't necessarily deserve the respect that I give them, or give them the full respect, yeah. right? Be nice to people. I think all these are simple things, right? You know, it's just be nice to people because eventually you might need something. You might want something. And you know us you know, being exactly in the service right. industry, we tend to treat people that were genuinely nice and kind and, of course, tipped well mm. and did and behaved well in the service industry. We tend to give those people more respect than, you know, famous people walking in. I, I could care less. Of course. You know? Especially when they're regular. Right. You like, know, when they, you see that same thing. Yeah, like, like literally, that guy. the other the day I said, hey, my buddy Jimmy's coming in the other day. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, your buddy Jimmy. Well, Jimmy G walks in, right? And he's kind of limping. Hey, is Mikey around? Right? Everyone's like, ah, ah, ah. Like, <laughs> like, literally, every girl's, like, you can imagine. Yeah. And you know who I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. What's up, Jimmy? I'm gonna give you two minutes. I'm doing an employee review, right? you know, and he's like, "You're good," and everyone's like, "Fuck your employee review! Get out there now!" <laughs> and I'm like, uh, "No, but this think, is more important." But and people in that situation also want to know that they're still normal to a certain extent. Yeah, there are some people who don't. They want, right. they want the adulation all the time, but you know. It's, so the whole time, anyways, we didn't get any good service because the whole time we're sitting down, and uh, you know, he's, "Can you get a picture?" You think, oh, you know what? Can you just let him be? And I'm like, Jimmy, you know, and he's like, no, no, no. And Jimmy I, being Jimmy, Mikey, whatever. Yeah, what do you I want? Had that, Picture? I had I'll that situation it. in the office when Jerry came in. Uh-huh. And I warned everyone in the office that Jerry was coming in. <laughs> His no, initials for the audience, no, J.R. No believe me. And number 80. Sure coming in. And, uh, Rhymes and with 49ERS. Linda, Linda from my Jeez. office is awesome. I see her just, like, jet across the right. open hallway. I'm like, and I'm like... In my head, I'm yeah. like, uh, you know, I didn't ask for a picture. Didn't, no. Everything was normal. normal. Like, I was there. He was there for a meeting. Right. For a group that we were, yeah. I was doing the presentation. But in my head, I'm like, Jerry's looking at me. Jerry's listening to me. Jerry's asking a question. Jerry just nodded his head. Mm-hmm. What I said. He asked a question. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I'm like, but I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, normal person, whatever. You know, it's. I think everything boils down to if you just treat people how you want, you know, it's the golden rule. If you treat people how you want to be treated, you're going to be okay. Yeah, everything will balance out, right? For the yeah. most part. I feel and you like can't be looking for it. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I joke, and Mike knows I joke. I, I have tons of people owe me favors. Mm. But what's a favor? You know, it's, I need this. Like, what is it? Yeah. I need you to let me in early. Yeah. Well, what did I give you for that? I may have given you three hours of free time. Is that an equivalent exchange? Probably not, but it doesn't matter to me because that's not what I'm doing. I'm, that's, not, that's, I'm not keeping a ledger in my head. I'm like, thing, yeah. I just want to know that if I ever needed something, that you're going to help me out. Yeah. Like, I don't need you to bend over backward necessarily. I and that's how he's wired. That, and I think that's the, the same, right way to be. Way I, mean, I actually heard that phrase, and I've never been able to put it in my head. I actually heard it on the radio this morning. They were, they were talking about um, it's an act. It's just an act of friendship. You don't owe me anything. And it's like... People don't think in those terms anymore, though. You're right. There's the ledger. Oh, yeah. You remember, I, I got it this last time. You know, I can't say well, that. You know, my wife's family. But, but you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, but there's, there's groups of people where you know you need to keep the ledger to a certain extent. Like I have friends who was like, they get mad if I buy too many drinks. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's like in their mind, it's like you're not better than me. You know, oh, and I don't mean it as a bad nah. way. It's no, just like it's more of a, they, they want to make sure it's equitable, yeah. right? Right. My father-in-law. Yeah. 
My father-in-law likes me. The only reason I think he really likes me is that I will like sneak off and pay the bill for dinner for the family. Yeah. yeah. Without him realizing, and then when he's trying to pay, they're like, like, "Oh, it's already been covered." And I'm like, yeah. ha, 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 I got you." That's me, my, my game. I play with my family. Me, my brother, and my dad yeah. play that battle yeah. every time our families all go yeah. on. See, my dad's at an age though yeah. where he doesn't care. He's like, "Yeah." But you, you go ahead. You you go ahead. Cover, you yeah. go ahead and cover this. Well, like, I'm the same way. I've realized he's done the same so, thing. He's been like, "Oh, you guys." I will tell you this. Time. Yeah. Good job, guys. Like, I'll have to like, tell you wait, offline. Wait, wait. I'll have to tell you <laughs> offline. But James does very well for himself over the past two years. And James is a guy that was. James always calls me his mentor, which is a little bit embarrassing to me. But I just let it slide. The other day, we ran up. I won't say where we're eating. We ran up one heck of a tab. Three digits or four. For, but literally, because I know the year he had, you know, my naturally I pull out my card, right? And he's like, I got this, and I knew like it's not about me being the big league guy and being the you know the this the senior whatever mentor in the room. It was more about it, it will bring him joy to pay for this meal, exactly. And it brought him joy to be able to buy me something that I've never, you know I me, mean? I hate getting gifts. I hate, I'm not that guy. So for him to be able to buy me that meal, I saw the joy in his heart. Like he was smiling and, and him writing, and I'm like, yeah, I would have tipped more. And he's like, oh, I do, he was, this is like 90%. And I'm like, yeah, but you know me, I would have tipped 100%. And you know, he's like, oh. but that was the only time where he, I'm like, wow, I'm finally letting people do stuff for me. Dude, our Vegas trip, this effing guy paid for everything. Him and Ruben treated me like, like I was a king, and I was like, I'm not. I wasn't used to that. You know me, dude. I'm yeah. the one that's like, I'll, this whole thing is prepaid because I don't want to even fight for yeah. you know, like, oh, the check. Oh no, no, sir. This was all taken. There's a certain amount of joy, like sneaking off to pay the check, though. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's more yeah. like that's more like a competition in a way, right? Oh, yeah. Sweet for guys, it's a competition. For guys, it's definitely like a ha ha. No. It, yeah. it was a it's your birthday yeah. kind of thing. And, you know, finally, like you mentioned earlier, like um, you know, as people grow, like when you have when you have few means, it's hard to save and, and develop, mm-hmm. right? And that's something I've been learning myself. Like, yeah. for the this is the first time in, in my life I've ever owned like ETFs. Yeah, like, it's something I looked at. I studied for a year. I'm not a trader. I'm an investor. It's a bad dip right now, but. I'm in it for the long game. I'm in, exactly. I see 72 on a stock I paid 82 for. I'm like, I can cut my initial investment loss in half. You know, it's like, oh yeah, sweet. So I, all the stuff you're explaining, I want to talk to you offline because I need that help, man. Because well, real questions. quick for the audience, let's questions. give the audience some some little what do you call it? Some crumbs, okay? Right. Will top five companies to invest in just right off the top of your head like if you if I had I don't know what's, a, what's a good so number $100,000 no, no, so here's the thing it depends on what you're trying to do okay right it's you know I've had conversations with I have a client who's our attorney he's awesome like super awesome dude he's hilarious though he did a bunch of not pro bono work but it ended up being pro bono because he was just taking stock for 15 years he took just stock from a couple companies no actual money right okay one of the companies went public. He has the video of him on the, the thing at the NASDAQ banging the gavel. I'm like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I got clients who are Emmy Award winners. That's wow. awesome. Like, that's like the coolest thing ever. That's so cool. And right. so we have conversations now, like, you know, it's not about growing the assets, the assets making the money. You know, kind of like we talked about earlier, which is, you know, I invest the money, I want a revenue. And so it depends on what you're looking for, right? You know, it, it's, there's risk. There, there's two ways to say, you know, I, I, I woke up a couple years ago and I was like, I'm going to be like an old man schizophrenic. You know, I'm schizophrenic where I have investments that are high dividend yields, mm-hmm. and then I have investments that are like 
I have nothing. I have no idea how Snapchat works. I don't either. Like, I have no, like, I don't have, I don't have Facebook. Like, I have no social media. But all my little cousins and my grandnieces and nephews were like, Snapchat, Snapchat, Snapchat. So I'm like, okay, let me, like, Google what this thing is. I'm like, and you can't even, like, look at it unless you, like, have a phone. And I have a Blackberry still. Nice. Like, no joke. Like, I have a Blackberry. He really does. He is. Like, as he just showed it to you. I have the better fruit. You know, it's not an apple. It's a Blackberry. And so, (laughs) you know, so I'm like, not in the dark ages, but I'm I'm still like in the dark ages. So I'm like, okay, it went down to like $7.680 a share. So I've got a couple hundred shares. I have no idea how this thing works. It's completely a crapshoot, right? It's fake is going, putting all the money on black. Can I have one more, please? Absolutely. And then don't give me any more after that. I'm good. Thank you. And uh, and I'm up like 207%. Nice. Outstanding. So it's like... I am comfortable with risk more than most people because I understand what I'm doing as far as the risk that I'm taking. If Snapchat ended up being horrible, who cares? But if it ended you, up, I did the research and it ended up being okay. Is Snapchat, Snapchat still around? Are you still around? going to dump it when it gets to a certain um, point? I have a, now, I'm I have literally a that oblivious. I have a floor Snapchat's now. still around? Oh, you it's have a, a what? I have a floor. Okay. So if it drops below a certain dollar amount, I'm selling all of them. Okay. I sold Apple at thirty-eight dollars a share. <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah, I, I, I sold Apple at thirty-eight dollars a share. Well, and most people say you're an idiot. I bought it for twelve. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Do I look back? Only to make that point that so, I, I sold it. And I don't care. But I also sold AIG at the same time for the all-time high. So that shit scares me as far as trading goes. So I have only invested have no in dividend, dividend yielding stock, right? Yeah. And like staples. That's what I put in in different sectors, but. I put it like buy stuff you know, buy stuff you're comfortable. Oh, exactly. That's what everybody and says. It turns out right now, dude. Like I, MGM, I bought for like seventeen bucks. I own. It's like I own a few shares of a Scotia Bank. Scotia Bank. Yeah. Canadian like, Bank. As in Nova Scotia. As in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Like the third or fourth biggest bank in Canada. Six percent dividend yield. Wow. Super consistent. They have real banking rules, not like here in the states, where you have to like have twenty percent down to buy a house. So really? they still approach things old-fashioned there. So it's like... You want to buy a house? Okay, what do you yeah. make? You nothing, all right, you, here's your payments. All you need, right? yeah. Now you and own so, a house. And then, you know, oil and gas, which is like... Everyone thinks it's dicey. I got a 12% return on my energy transfer partners. 12% dividend yield. <coughs> That's phenomenal. 12%. Are you allowed phenomenal. to talk about your I'm getting investment like in the right energy now. field in a certain area in Nevada? Nevada? You, the last time With we... With the dam? It's yeah. Not done yet. No, I can't talk about that. Oh, you can't talk about that. Okay, never mind. It's not closed yet. <coughs> We're actually looking at it today. This mother effer but literally I, invests in like shit that I would never. Energy. I go crazy. Like yeah. just like crazy you know, shit. You know yeah. the rabbit hole that they talk about. Mm-hmm. I live at the bottom of the rabbit hole, and that's he is where the, basically. In my world, he is the rabbit hole. Your money is better in the market, dude. You get. Wait, I mean, you put your. Right? No, not all. I think in the long, because I'm going long. As opposed to what? Market so, like, a savings account? Oh, right definitely now, that. No. So, like, I'm a guy who came from, like, no savings three years ago. So now I have, like, money I need to be concerned about. Otherwise, I'm going to give it back to Uncle Sam. He's had a right? really good two years. I don't know anything about this. So, and so you, you, have to, you have to use that money somewhere. And so, what's your ROI? Like, if Mike's running a restaurant, your ROI is going to be 12%. Right now, I'm like 24%. Uh, 12.5. That's on growth. That's appreciation. Is Is that appreciation, dividend, or just dividends? That's just dividends. That's pretty good. And I've only, and I put it in. You know what sucks is he literally just nailed my running average. 12% profitability is my running average of all the restaurants I've helped. Right. My restaurant rescue. 
That's but, freaking but scary, you know, you though. You think about, like, okay, you put $100,000 in a horse we know, right? right? 12% over life. But the difference is yeah. you have control over it. And then the, here's the other problem with, with restaurants in general, and you've heard me say this before. You sell. Yes. Don't own the restaurant until it dies. Right. Yep. Own it for four or five years. Make sell the it. brand. Get out. Get out. Yeah. You know, there's a. That's the there's one thing. Food trucks, and right? my problem Especially is I have the emotional attachment. Dude, I think you know, half them. Oh, you think developing these help me get better with the emotional. You know, it's you your know. emotional attachment to your kids and your family, or your emotional attachment to this business owner who was I've never yeah. thought about. That. You know, my no. friend who's a, he's a restaurateur. You know, he's a yes. bar guy. Uh, yes, he has no emotional attachment at all to any of his properties. And if that's you walked up to him and said, "I'm going to give you three hundred thousand dollars for this bar." He's like, write me a check right now. Yep. And he'll walk out of the room. And you'll never see him again unless yep. you want to come in. Then he'll charge you to come in. Yeah. He wouldn't care. Like, he does no... But he's got ego, and he's got bravado, and he's got everything you would want as He's probably oh. the best, and but we're it, allowed to say, in Silicon Valley, probably one of the best bar restaurant owners that we know. Okay. He's a millionaire. He, he would literally and just be like, give me If I say I want to buy this bar from you... I don't oh. care. Yeah. Write me a check right now, Mikey. Yeah. It's yours. And, but yes. a lot of people wouldn't do that because they're like, oh, it's my baby. He's like... I'm yeah, my baby to school Ooh, right I now. Built no. this, and I blah blah blah. Uh, and he's you built this. Many times, I'm willing right? to give you a million dollars more than what you had. And we got. I got another guy. And your family's gonna love you, but you don't want to take that. Yeah. You see where my energy's starting to shift a little bit. Yeah. Should so, I be terrified about paying nine hundred thousand dollars for a house right now? Even though I make great yes. money, my wife makes great money. Is that a pay eight hundred thousand in or six I months? A, 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 two different houses in two different states with less t- tax liability for the long long game, and buy some property. I have a lot coming up. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I, will, I, will I know you got it, though. I will unpack it. So, if you plan on living there forever, who cares? Right. That, then that's really the, and the, that's the, not the end. Goal. That's I'm the not end. So, if your plan is not, then it's an investment, and you need to approach it as such. Okay. So I have a no client who, a couple years ago, in a tax meeting with me, made the comment, like, I think I want to move further south, into the South Bay. Right? I was like, well, let's talk about that. And so we, we set up this whole like two-year plan to sell this property. She bought a property, her and her husband, in Los Altos Hills for $495,000 in 1994. Shut the front door. She had gotten a cash offer for $5.6 which we told her to decline. Okay. And the only reason we told her to decline is because we then had her move into her beach house, which she bought for $450,000 in Santa Cruz. Okay. So that she could then rent the property out for two years, which okay. she did. It was a rental at that point. We then exchanged it into four other properties and avoided a million dollars in taxes. Wow. Because we because we had the conversation. Then you had that. And we had the conversation about it, so it was planning. So if your plan is to move in, move out, what's the cost of renting versus the cost of owning? Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people who have a lot of money who rent. And everyone goes, well, that's stupid. You're not making any money in your house. I'm like, but they're not planning to stay here. They're not planning on, that's not what their goal is. They want to go, I'm going to spend $4,500, you know, $6,000 a month on rent. I don't have to worry about the repair. I don't have to worry about the maintenance. I don't have to worry about anything. And I can take all the money I didn't spend on buying a $2 million house, and I can invest it somewhere else. So I am thinking the right way. It, it well, it depends on what you want to do. Because right? that's my plan. Where do you want to be? So here's my Where thing. would you like to be in five years? <clears throat> like, state-wise. Multiple places. But what I really want is where, 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 give me a ship type home. I want to build my own home on property and have plenty of property so that I have What states? Montana. Montana. He also likes Nevada. He also likes Nevada. Washington State. Washington. I'm not a fan of. Washington State. Texas. Nevada. Uh, Tennessee. 
like to North Dakota. Dude. You want to go to a state where there's no taxes. Right, exactly. Right? Yep. But if you want acreage, buy the acreage now. That's what I was thinking. So Make it a farm. I can do this farm is it exactly out. what you said. I can just have that property. Yeah. Do I? But here's, without having a dwelling on that, here, still retain the tax. Well, you, you drop a you drop a mobile home on it. Take an airstream down there and drop it on the on the property. And then here's, I can claim that. Here's a question: How many primaries of anything can you have? How many what? How many primaries of anything can you have? I don't know. Primary means well, one. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Not in tax law. You can live it in well in a home. You, you have, have to do six prim- months, right? You can do two primary residences. Okay. You know why you can do two primary residences? It should be six months for each one, right? No. Why? Who wants two primary residences? Just think about it. Who makes the laws in this country? Congress. <laughs> yes. And by the way, uh, James secretly <laughs> lipped <laughs> white people? As my wife would say, petite. Uh, that's white and right. Silently lipped white so. people? It's Congress. Yeah. Why would Congress <laughs> want to have you allowed to be, have two primary residences? Because they have to have their house in their in their district, and they have to have their house in D.C., right. and they want to get the benefit for both of them. Okay. As long as they're 60 miles apart, you can have two mile primary residents. I love it. Right? Okay. Yeah. So you have to just know where the loopholes are at, benefit. and then just jump on them. Okay. So if you bought a house in Nevada, mm-hmm. you dropped a motorhome motor on there, the motorhome counts as a house. Anything with a kitchen and a bathroom is a house. It's a, a boat, a motorhome, it doesn't matter. It's a house. Yeah. So now you have two primary residents. You take all the property tax, you take all the things assumed up to the limits, right? Two private residences. Boom. Get the permitting, do all the things on your property. My dad bought a square acre or a square mile if you want it. I'll sell you that outside of Pyramid Lake in Nevada. He bought it in like 1963. Pyramid Lake. Yeah. The funniest part is he's being very serious. It was going to be one of those big areas that we were going to develop back in 1963. He's multitasking right now. How are we going to sell this bullshit property in Nevada? I don't know. Maybe Mikey's friend will want it. But no, uh, I want somewhere where it's going to rain a couple times a year, maybe have all four seasons. You know what I mean? Something like that. Why would you want seasons? I, I like Why? that. I like that. You can go visit the seasons. I like that. So my dad moved from North it's Carolina. It's not about like, the perfection. It's about the struggle. In the That's 40s. From North Carolina right. to Philly. Okay. Hey, he as far a, as I'm concerned, he union, though. He was a union guy in Philly. No one knows what union. He won't tell anybody. It's, okay. he's weird. He's been to the White House a couple times. He's, 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 he's got to be still worker. He's like, no, he was like cloak. He's like a little black dude from the South. So he, he did this thing, and then he woke up one day and decided he was done with Philly and drove across the country and ended up in California. Really? Yeah, like legitimately. Wow. He drove a 1969 Chrysler 300 across the country. I can't visualize that. What? In 1999? Oh, 99. 1969. 69. I can't picture that. Was that like a Bonneville type kind of... It's 18.5 feet long. He still owns it. It's like a big... Yeah, it's it's, like a, a, it's a land yacht. Boat. It's a land yacht. It's got like eight ash trees. Literally driving around in a boat. It's convertible. Convertible. So that makes it Which cheap makes out. It fucking awesome. Dude, yeah, it's, it's sure. that's what it I'm saying. I think we need to go back to that. Anyway, so so his his statement is this. Solid. His yeah, statement is this. Solid. You know why I moved to California? Because I like visiting the snow. I like knowing it knows where it belongs. Right. Right. Are you from California? I'm from California. So here's the problem with people from California. I'm also from California, and all my family in Philly and my wife's family in Toronto tell me this. We don't know what we have. Mm. The season things is, is overrated. Yeah. I've lived back here. Snow, I've not fun. For like eight years. Why would you want to do it again? There's something about it. I've lived what? in the mountains. I've lived near Yosemite, where but I've that's all mountains, four seasons but, in California. But that's in California, and it's yes, Yosemite. You can't really count that as re- reality. Dude, it's beautiful. Right, so but it, it, it's not reality. You don't want to be in the Nevada, high desert. 
No, I don't want high plains desert for sure. I don't. I, Not I want, the land. I want more forest lake investment. Property. This is what we're talking about. Wyoming final. We can we can we can agree with Wyoming. That's my final resident. Wyoming no state ta- uh, no state tax. What about um, Wyoming Montana? No, Montana doesn't have that. Really? They, and they took away the best thing about Montana. Well, they used to have no speed limit. On the freeways. Really? really? Yeah, you I don't remember that? that? I don't remember that. No, I drove across. Oh, was that? I drove it was like in the early, mid-90s. I remember. Oh, really? It was awesome. There was no speed limit? There was no speed limit. Uh, you could go like full bore, like, as fast as you want. That's what I want to do. I want to take the R8 to, Montana. Is it Montana? And I want to know. Now it's like 85, I But that was like the best thing about Montana. The fastest I've ever driven in a car was 160. I've not been that and fast. And 160 felt freaking like, I've been like my heart was going to explode. Yeah. So what's the... Why? He goes, bro, I never knew how amazing Korean soap operas are. Shows. So tell us Korean? why no, but, but here's Korean the soap operas. Why? So I'll be watching Netflix, right? And okay. I'll be watching like a Korean show, oh, right? There is a lot of Korean stuff. And so yeah. I'll get up and try to like go get something out of the refrigerator and I forget I don't speak Korean. Because I've been watching so much of it that I'm reading so fast, and I'm like, I do that with like I speak uh, Korean, yeah. and then I forget I don't actually speak Korean. I do it with Japanese, like I do that. With, yeah, I do that with yeah. with the anime yeah. and stuff like that too. And then and then my thing is like, I, I, in university I live with a guy uh, from so from Jalisco. Yeah, he's from okay. Jalisco, Mexico. But he's from Watsonville. Oh, Ernesto. Okay. He's like my boy. Yeah. And so he would get mad because no one spoke Spanish around him, and I'm like, dude, I'll learn Spanish. Yeah, like, I, I'm, from, I'm from a city that most people are Mexicans. So like, like I know enough to be dangerous. Let's yeah. just do it. So we'd watch Sonadores, which is like a, a telenovela. Oh, the best thing ever. Oh, shit. Yeah. mundo. So we would watch yeah. that together, and he'd just be like, he would just come in and start yelling at me in Spanish. I'm like, dude, I don't know what you're saying. He's like, and that's my note. I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> la boca, wait. Yeah, like, yeah. So it's like, I, I love, I, most of the stuff I watch is not in, in English at this point, it seems like. Because gotcha. all the good shows are in some yeah. foreign language. But I re, I've been riding my bike for the corona, you know, mm-hmm. trying to stay in shape. Yeah. So I go to my basement, and I sit on my little bicycle oh, on, my, no on my trainer. Yeah. And I, I have my TV in front of me, and I just watch, like, Korean dramas. One episode, and that's how long I ride for. Oh, that's cool. Like, oh, that's so good. That's yeah. awesome. And I'm like, my wife's like, I heard you laughing in the basement. I'm like... The Korean dramas, man, it's so good. I'm like, what is it like? I've not seen. Oh, them. they're so good. They're, like, I, like, I, I gotta start watching them, but there is like so, this cult-like so, following for Korean soap yeah, operas. They people love it. I can't. I need to get um, into it. You know me. I, so I'll, the, the one I hear I'm it, I'll right be now to... is on Hulu. It's www search. It sounds like a weird name. www okay, search okay. as yeah. in like search engine. Yeah, yeah it's about like a gal who worked for a search engine who got fired in Korea who went to the competitive search engine and now is like trying to overthrow them every. But it's so good. That's what an interesting storyline. That's like Silicon Valley so every day. Cool. But it's so good. Yeah, it's so relevant. That really is Silicon you Valley. You watch I like, can't tell you how many man, friends like, I know that told crazy. me the exact same story. Dude, we need to get into these shows. Crazy. Where do we find the time to watch these shows? Like, how do you find that, the that, time? You're the busiest guy I know. So that's like when I get home from work, like, I shut it off. Like, the one thing I, I really have become really good at over the last 20 years is when I'm off the clock, I'm off the clock. Don't How do you do that? Turn it off. Because isn't that just, the ever-ending yeah, quest I, for I all of us in the Silicon Valley? Turn, like I am again a psychopath. Like I just turn it off. Yeah. Like physically, just shut it off. Like, and what do you do? Throw away your phone? You put it in the refrigerator? My, my and, phone. I charge. I had a BlackBerry. I just charge it. I don't even think about it. I have a, a Garmin watch, a BlackBerry phone, and a. a what, Lenovo, okay, so your routine. I don't need to know every so detail. So when I you get home, when you take off the Garmin, I don't need to take off your watch. When you disconnect. The, like the walk phone? us through the when you get home for the for second work. I get in the car to leave the office, I'm not thinking about the work anymore. How do you do that? I just turn though? it off. Like because millions of viewers 
or love, sorry, listeners are going to want to know, like, no, you just do it. That's what I do. You physically just do it. You have to just. No, there's no physical you, aspect. But how do you mentally disconnect? When you leave, you're done, right? I'm done. That's it. Because but, it's too, you know our work ethics. So I run a business, and I have staff. And my staff is awesome. Like, I have arguably, in my mind, the best staff you could possibly have. Best staff. Awesome. Treat me right? like a fucking king. I, I feel like a celebrity every time I walk in. So there. I have no worries. If I'm not in the office, like, I went to a convention I was speaking at in Colorado a couple years ago. So speaking at this national convention for an accounting software company. Nerd <laughs> alert, Nerd but alert. it's fantastic. As so Will does his office. thumbs up, double thumbs up, Yeah, by double the way. thumbs up. Damn, man. You, you know, I'm, I'm there, and what do I worry about? I'm worried about me talking, the sound of my own voice, okay, and how that's soothing to You're everyone else. You're thinking really? about all this? Yeah. That's all I'm worried about. That's awesome. Because that's you know funny. what? I don't need to worry about what's going on at the office. Yeah. Yeah. Because unless there's an emergency, I'm not going to get a call. Like I, I was in San your team. Like I was in San Diego last year for the IRS convention, which also is super awesome. That's, that's like cool. super, super triple nerd alert. Yeah. Dang. So I'm at the, the I'm IRS convention. Are you kidding me? Anyways. Yeah. So we have we have the designated survivors, so the people who can't go into the convention. So everyone in our staff goes. Nerd alert. And then two people are just stuck at the office, so they're like they're they're the designated survivor. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I call the office like everything okay? They're like yeah, we don't need you. Yeah, I'm like, great. okay, you know, I'm like, and I'm over it. Yeah, right. And so, isn't that like kind of the the mecca, the nirvana? You know, it, you've done your job as a leader, it, and it's, when your your team is like, we need to stay the fuck on vacation or whatever it is you're doing. We don't need you. No, just take a break. And that's the goal of everybody. It's to you get to the point where you know that the people who work for you, yes, are able to handle everything without you. Now, there's obviously situations where you need to get involved, and right. there's and there's always going to be clientele who who need to hear you. And they, they know the hot list. You know, there's probably 15, 20 clients. If they called in and there was an emergency, I would have gotten a call. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're not on the hot list, they can handle it. And it's not even that the hot list they can't handle. It's that those are clients where... What exactly is a hot list? So Just for, for us, the listeners that so don't for know. Us, we have a, I have clients who are on my personal control group who if they call in... Typically, they have my cell phone, which I don't give out. But if if they call in... They get to me almost immediately, mm. you know, it, whether that be the IRS or you know those kind of people. But also, there's clients. Like if I have certain clients, like our friend earlier from the bar, if he calls me, he's getting through. Unless I'm literally in a meeting, he's going to talk to me. I don't care what else I'm wow. doing, right? And he knows that. He knows that if he calls me, and if he calls me on my cell phone, I'm out golfing one day, and he calls me, and I pick up. He's like, "Where are you at?" I'm like, "I'm out on I'm on hole nine at uh, you know." He's like, I, and I'm "How are you very- shooting?" I'm like. Uh, it's right. okay today. I'm like, I'm assuming you call for something. He's like, I am. And he tells me what I need. And I, I give him what he needs. And I call the office and have him send it. And then he's done. Wow. Because there's certain clients who we have who, they're not like, <laughs> On a side note, like, let trouble, me ask you something. But this it's is like, for my personal. They are like, those are the people who, they Will, get why do you, on a personal note, and this could be a, I just want to know from my own ego. Why do you answer my calls? I'm this I like you. No, you're interesting. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, okay. I like I like puzzles. I like interesting and right. people who are gonna not let me get away with anything anyway. So, but like, there's people that are like, "Will won't answer your call," and I go, oh, "I don't answer me. anyone's call." Yeah, but I don't no, you answer call my call. No, I don't answer my wife's call. But you, when you, call. That's why I she feel call me like anymore. people have told me, "Good luck trying to get a hold of Will." Yeah, you you can't. No, but when I when I'm you answer sorry. my calls, I ninety percent. There's the ten percent where you're like, "Mike, I'm thinking of shit." Yeah. But the 90% of the time you answer my calls, I just personally want to know, like, why? No, well, here's the thing. Like, you ask clients, I'm hard to get in touch with. Yep. And I'm hard to get in touch Probably with. Probably the toughest guy I know. Because if you look at my schedule on any normal day, I have about 15 minutes of free time. Right. And that's it. 
So and, why and do you I, answer I my calls, like, the dumbest calls no, ever? Because you're usually efficient in the calls. Okay. And if you need something, you need something. Yeah. Whether that be advice, whether that be an opinion, whatever it is. You, like, our friend. good size. You guys know this is... And I like people who are going to be able to... But I tell people, like... I, we don't tell people we're too busy. Because I, I think it's rude to tell people that you're too busy to talk to them. That's Because I'm not. But, but my thing is, is, if I go into the office at 8.30... Like, there's days where I don't have a lunch break. I don't have a bathroom break. I don't have anything. Like, I have to figure out where... You have to postpone your shits. Because literally, and you're I like... I got to figure out a way to I fit can't. everything in, right? Yeah, I have three hours of... But my thing is, at the end of the day... If the staff hasn't handled it, which is, again it goes back to how good is your the people who you work with, mm-hmm. they handle most of the thing. They people know that if it's something that needs my attention, they're going to make me aware of it. You may not hear from me if you're you know a lot of the clients, but you're going to hear that Will said this. Here's what it is, then they're good. If there's still follow questions, I will call and I will talk to you. And, I, and if I'm on the phone with you, I, I made a call the other day at eight o'clock in the morning. Client sent an email in. Sent all their tax stuff in. I'm looking at it, and there's a couple questions. So I called her, 8:15 in the morning. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm calling you 8:15 in the morning. It's like you just what we do for a living. We try to help people live their American dream, but it's just hard when ego, pride. But the one thing that I'm really excited about, I will say, is now that we've experienced the COVID. Now that we're whatever post COVID. By the way, I just looked at the COVID. Uh, okay, we're, 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 all right, I misspoke. Maybe I'll edit it, but because I said miss, I'm getting lazy on the editing, guys. It's just so much easier to we say the right thing. Don't edit. Or, just okay. come correct. Like, well, if you would stop talking, like if you would Joyce stop Julissi, but good, making those but anti-Semitic good. remarks, yeah, James, I, know, I wouldn't right. have to edit anything. Anyway. Hey, I stand Okay, on this particular cast, <laughs> anti-Semitic. My wife's for the Jewish. audience, now that we have 1,701 listeners, uh, we are going to not try to edit this one, but it's Will. There's nothing Will said. Will There's is nothing. so fucking smart. He's already edited it. Uh, really f- everything coming out of I'm, his I'm mouth. Fast. Okay, uh, modest. Fast. Everything coming out of his mouth has already been like filtered and edited three hundred times in true. his brain. So you feel like Doctor Strange sometimes when you're like legally everything is covered. One million four hundred sixty-seven thousand. Feel like Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Okay. All right. Like That's that an older reference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but he's older, wiser, sharper dressed. Same kind of thing. I just meant it is the same. No, no, kind of same thing. kind of thing. I just a big. How many times have you? How, how many times have you lived this moment and thought about the options? Right. Like, same both of them. Well, but now that you know long, a little bit about. Moment, right? See, but I don't dwell on anything though. No, like, no. I made a lot of bad decisions. Right, but how do you not dwell? I Why think that's okay. So here's me the, included. Does, the audience wants to know, like, how do you disconnect? Does it make a difference? Is, can I go back in time and change things? No. Right. We've all well, heard that from our mom. There's nothing you can do about well, it. It's can't. done. But there's a handful of crossroads. So type I played football. Decisions, as right. you know, I was a cornerback, not a quarterback. A cornerback. Cornerback. So I did. Which is weird because you're like six foot eight and three hundred pounds. I'm like five. 5'11 and like 185. <laughs> well, I just try to throw the audience off because I already know I'm going to get some emails. <laughs> hey, what's at, at, what does Will look like? I might post a picture. When I started playing football, my, my coach for the defensive backs was like, you have a very short memory. I'm like, that'll be perfect for me. Like, that I remember everything and nothing at the same time. Well, the person like, that told you short he, memory was a coach? It was a coach. Was he trying coach to say... Yeah. 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 One more, please. I'm not having another. You are? I'm not having yeah, it. That's very responsible. Yeah, it, we're, we're getting close to I'm the Very respectful of the, the time. Yeah, yeah. But, it, you know, if you make a mistake, you learn from the mistake, you move on. Right. You, you don't dwell on it. And, you know, one of the things that drives me crazy with people who hold grudges, I don't hold grudges. Yeah. I'll either deal with you or I won't. Yeah. 
If I won't deal with you, don't take it offensive. I'm not going to be mean to you. I'm not going to be That's rude. I'm just not going to deal yeah, with you. Yeah. If I deal with you, that means that I think you have some value to either me or the world. Damn. Right? Damn. Told you. And it doesn't need to be me. head, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. But why am I going to do it? Like, because there's people who I deal with who I don't particularly care for. Right. But I will still deal with them. Of course. Like and, me. Of course. No, it's not you. No, I'm talking about people who I really don't. You really don't, but you have to because they're a client or they're. Uh, we don't deal with clients we don't like. There's some. Right. They're 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 either associated with someone we know or something else. Okay. But it's it's a it's a relationship you can't avoid. Yeah, and so I am not going to hold a grudge because you screwed me over. Mm. I have people who screw me over all the time. Damn. You know, in my business and because of the way I operate, I will send some credit to people, and I, sometimes I don't get paid back. Right. Am I going to be mad at that person because they didn't pay me the five grand that they owe me? No, I think it's me making a bad decision at that point. I shouldn't have. Extended you chalk it up as just a. How do you get over that? Because five grand to me, I'm over. It. I don't care if it's twelve grand. No, it doesn't matter the amount. It doesn't matter. Twelve dollars. It doesn't whatever. matter. It doesn't no. matter. It doesn't matter. And then you're true. That is true. But I don't care. You know what? Whose fault that is? My fault. I extended them that. Right. How did it, you I develop that? Because you're not just, that old. I mean, you're older than us, but you're I, not I just, that old. I just don't do it. But how did you get? Uh, my how dad's did you build that? Did you read the right book, he's, or was it you know, living you in your life from the '90s? And you see like the old black guy who's like whittling something on the corner, <laughs> rocking on the. You yeah. didn't want to be that guy. Sharing no, that's stories. my dad. Sharing that's your dad. My dad is like he is like you sit and talk to him. You're like, dude, where are you from? You're like Yoda, but you're black and right. small and like <laughs> you're a World War II Thank vet. You. Wow. He's a world Navy, Navy World War II. After Pearl Harbor, he was stationed in Hawaii. Invited to the White House twice. No one knows why. And here's Spent the time thing. I was corrected. I thought it was Costa Rica. It was Venezuela. Ah, I, I have to we correct We were talking about we, that the other day. I told, said that to my sister. My sister's like, no, not Costa Rica. Venezuela. Because I could never find, figure out why my dad, when we were younger, who owned a, a uh, landscaping company in the city, yeah. spoke Spanish. Because he's from the South. They shouldn't speak Spanish. And he's from 1920s, right? Yep. They don't speak Spanish. I could never figure out why. And then my sister's like... You know, Dad spent some time working for Standard Oil in Venezuela. No shit, dude. I'm like, mm-hmm. what has this guy not done? You know the history my of... My grandpa was in Pearl Harbor. Yeah, In okay. the Navy. Yeah. He was a corpsman. But what, what nationality was your grandpa? And Standard Oil what nationality for the next was your grandpa? years after he got out of the Navy. Nationality or ethnicity? He was uh, Irish. Okay, so yeah. I'm half Irish. My my dad is not Irish. Okay. I'm, I'm, I am like the most Irish person you've met in the last six months. He's very so, Irish, I'm but he looks... He looks like President Obama. Okay. O'Rourke? I'm, O'Rourke. I'm like, that's Irish Irish. Like, my cousins are super gingery. Now you're like the cute ginger. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, ginger. Dude, my right? kids are ginger. Like bright red, no joke. pale skin? Like daywalkers. Wow. Yeah. And I love them to death, but they're daywalkers. Yeah. Right? I know what you mean. And so, like, my dad spoke Spanish. I can never forget. When I was little, you know what I did? I dug ditches for his company. And there's no, like, niceties to it it's like you're the lowest man on the totem pole you're not even on the totem pole you're, you're like barely at the dirt <laughs> yeah, level you're not even the foundation and his guys would like measure the dis- the depth of the ditch it's like you need to do some more and so there was no like coddling you know that's the time my dad operated he's, he's from a generation where you brought up your kids a certain way you expected certain things from them and you didn't hold them back you didn't coddle them you didn't do all these things that we all do now like right. I look at what I do with my kids and it's like my dad would kill me. My right. dad's like, you shouldn't do that. I'm like, I know. Has he told you? Has, he, has he seen you, like, say, for instance, discipline your kids and say, corrected you? Dis- or Disciplining the kids nowadays is not really a discipline. It's like raising your voice saying, clean your room. No, I, I, I haven't told that I'm a strict parent. 
Yeah. And my wife is a strict. My wife's Filipino and Japanese. I wouldn't say strict. Maybe no, no. rigid and stringent. No, I would say we're relatively strict. Okay. But we set the expectations, right? right. And and we don't like we don't. Your kid's them. fantastic. By the my way. kid is very. I'm he's very fucking lucky. so well managed. He's, he's one of those guys that's gonna be like. Old? He's eight. He's in trouble. And he's a I fucking dude. He's eight and charming. Yeah. Like. Charming, like not 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 his dad's charming, but my type of charming. Like yeah. every time this kid speaks, like twenty-something-year-old like, oh, women speaking to him since he was born. Like yeah, you like, and I like, are speaking yeah, to exactly, right? Right. I've done the same exact yeah. thing with my son. And so, like, yeah, I'm speak to him like an adult, yeah, not yeah, like I'm the goo goo gaga gaga. But it's like you look at it, you're like, oh, okay. So is it's he like, able to argue out of shit where you're he reasons oh, yeah, reasons oh, you he, where you're like, he's a brilliant kid. So paint me in the corner. So. I shouldn't be here talking to you guys, right? right okay. We have a deadline on October 15th. Mm-hmm. We have like a couple hundred returns we need to do. That's the people that file for a ladder Extension. return. Unless you're in certain counties where they have December 15th. You got but seven days, pal. Yeah, I got time. <laughs> and so I worked late last night. I worked a 13, 14 hours shift yesterday. And I worked Not that he's counting, but yeah. exactly 13.48. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll work that tomorrow because today I was like, I'm going to cut off early and I'm, I'm going to come talk to you guys because I wanted to. Wow. And then Thanks, go, man. Thanks for being here. Do some other things tonight. So I tell my son, I'm like, what are you guys doing this week? And he's like, I don't know. We might be going to Davis, which is where my sister-in-law lives and his cousin's at. We go there pretty frequently. And he was like, do you have to work? I'm like, I do. I go, depending on how much I get done, I may have a bunch of work to do. He's like, you know what you can do? Because you can come up with us. And then if you have a couple hours of work to do, you can do it at the other office, which is like 15 miles away. This is your eight-year-old. This is my eight-year-old. And then you can come see us afterwards. Because in my head, I was like... You guys can go up there, mm. and I'll stay here and I'll work. Mm. He's like, no, 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 just, just go work out of the other office. I'm like, damn it, this kid's got really good logic. Like, yeah. like, kind of proud. I'm kind of angry because yeah. I'm like, kind of like not having to drive two and a half hours to sit in an office to work for three hours while they had fun. Yeah, yeah. But, but he's like, eliminate know. the variable, Dad. Yeah. Duh. He, 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 <laughs> like, the kid was Python coding. Yeah. Oh. The kid's yeah. eighth. He does Python. He pi- he coded me tic tac toe the other day. Are you serious? How did? Yes. But I'm did serious. you will that on him? No pun intended. But did you like? No, how did you we, like get him to do, do that? We, anything he wants to do, we let him run wild down that path. The kid knows every planet in the, in the solar system. Seems like all the dwarf planets. There's all the states, all the capitals, all the countries, all their capitals. Right? Like, things I don't know. Like, the capital of Azerbaijan. Like, and I was talking the other day about there's a conflict currently between Azerbaijan and Armenia over a disputed area, and he knew the area because apparently whatever he read or, or wow. heard the thing, they said there's a dispute, like, Western Sahara is a disputed area in Africa. I'm like, he's like, Dad, is Western Sahara a country or is it still disputed yet? I'm like, let me Google it because I don't know the answer <laughs> yeah, to that. Yeah, you're like, that's awesome. And so the kids nowadays have so much more advantage than we did. Mm-hmm. You know, they have all the technology, they have all the things that they answer. Top three things kids nowadays have more advantage. Uh, advan- you know what the weirdest uh, thing is? Like I moved from mm-hmm. Daly City to, to Solano County when I was in third grade. Third okay. grade was my switch. My mom died, and so my dad went out of, out of the city, right? So my friends, Michael Benetti and Peter Kelsey, I remember their names from second grade. Like, haven't talked to these guys since second grade. Isn't that Still crazy how name, you remember right? those things? Never talked to them again. Right. Yep. Maybe you know, one, like, pen pal, right? Yeah. My kids' friends who moved out from kindergarten, those kids played Minecraft together. They're still friends. They're still buddies. They still talk to each other right. with the frequency that I'm envious of. Right. It's just normal for them. So right. they have this ability to overcome the distance where we wouldn't. 
But I think that's really interesting. Yeah, and we talked about that the other day. And I love the fact that you say they talk to each other on the same frequency. Yeah, it's like... Do you feel like nowadays with our hustle and bustle, never mind COVID, but just Silicon Valley alone, why are people not talking on the same frequency? Like, what would you tell our listeners? There's too many frequencies on the bandwidth. Yeah, no one talks anymore. When was the last time you picked a phone and called somebody? I do it all the time. Oh, if I could, like, yeah. No, we do. We've made it a point to because we're part of the revolution, right? But we had a client who we let go. Okay. Who was mad because we didn't like email her enough and text her enough. I'm like, I call people. The things I'm telling you, I don't want to email because I don't want to do 38 emails. Right. I want to be able to pick up the phone, talk to you, get an answer, move on. And that is the closest human connection. And if I'm giving you advice, I don't necessarily need that advice to be moralized all the time. Yeah. You know, there's things that I will tell you that are genius. That's why I say. Do you want to memorialize your anger towards this person or animosity, whatever you want to talk about? Do you really want to memorialize it? Because everything on email is traced. Well, you know. And and so you look at that. It's like so the kids have that advantage. You know, they have the technology. All remember Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, yeah. That's how I learned that things. That's huge, yeah. yeah. We had the, the set in the yeah. nice wooden box. I'm like, they don't do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. You say encyclopedia well, you to anybody. Know what's funny? You talk about different frequencies. So your son's probably doing the same as mine. He's got his phone on, having a conversation FaceTime while he's playing a game and also has school laptop open. And I can't tell how he's processing three separate things. And, it's and we've talked about this. But at the same time, if you pay attention, it's so like they're, they're, they, they hit, a, they hit they, a wave they can where switch. it's like my flawless. Little, my little nephew is also very smart, and he gets how old is he? He's nine. He, they're ten months. So apart. similar age. Yeah. He's gotten all of his work done, and he realized that he could just video himself on his phone and then put it in front of his camera for school and on loop. Wow! And the teacher That's realized a, he did that. And wasn't mad because he's already done, already done with all the work. If I was the teacher, I'd be like, "You Ferris Bueller wannabe motherfucker!" Right? How like smart that is, that is awesome. That is so awesome. Solutions, right? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. that's so ingenuity. He, like, he just has a loop of himself sitting in front of the computer so that no one knows he's not actually in front of the computer. He's there, but he's doing other things. I'm yeah. like, oh, that kid's so, so smart. So to be smart. completely respectful so for both of you guys' times, yeah. you got about ten more minutes. I got about like three minutes before I go to hit the head. Yeah, okay. What do you want the <laughs> listeners to know? I mean, obviously, I, I gotta be honest with you, I always say this about every podcast. This is one of the best fucking podcasts we've well, that, had. That's, that's, I'm, I'm not joking. That, that is a sign this of is, growth, though, because if every time okay. you improve and you improve, so you have you improve. three minutes before you gotta hit the head. How did you gave me a ton of shit? Why are you monetizing this, Mike? What do you want for us? Ceramic chickens. What do you see for us? What do you envision and, for and us as my spiritual financial what, advisor? You continue what you're doing. 1,700 new I listeners, mean, by the way. It's, I think it's good for the audience. I think it's good for the guests because it's very, it's low-key. You don't feel there's pressure, you know? But I do think at some point you do need to look at the grand scheme of things and figure out how this fits into the, the puzzle of your lives. Based on yeah, what you've fun. heard. It's fun. Do, do you, it's it's a thing to do. We trust your opinion. Right. But it's a, a, a it mon- Definitely not. We're not quitting our day jobs you know. by any means. But look at Rogan. Yeah. That's my, 100 million that's is my nothing mind. to sneeze at. I mean, I don't even, I'm not even thinking about that. And we're not even like thinking no, about that. We're just trying to get. I just find it interesting. I think people want the connection. I think people want the connection. I think people want to feel like they're in a circle of friends at the bar hanging out. That's it. Right? Exactly. And so if you can if you What's can the word for that? that? Is it community? Is it longing to be... It's community. Yeah, human... It, it's just normal. Creature I mean, comfort? What do you we, call we've it? We've created a society and a situation where everything is at an arm's length. Mm-hmm. And so people still... I think 
I'd be interested in seeing the younger group how they approach this in 10 years. But in our age group and mm-hmm. the in you know the late 30 somethings, they still remember where things are normal. We crave face to face. You want to go to the bar, you want to see your buddies, you want to yeah. you know hang out, you want to chit chat, you want to catch up. And this is what this is. It's a yeah. catch up opportunity with yeah. a bunch of people you know or don't know. Well, and so you feel like you know them at the end of it. It's that other. Th-